0: I'm <tries> not
1: episode of guillotine press the podcast harder than josh heat's winger collection joining me this week as usual the aforementioned josh it's only cool if it's on cassette heat bingo <laughs> and travis captain creature yabara what's going Hello.
0: on brother?
1: all what's right come on boys man oh, we're enough. good I'm trying to dodge COVID in the house right now I'm I'm guaranteed uh, my wife has it we're just waiting for the PCR test because she's getting sicker by the day and I'm just like stay away from <laughs> me you plaguing hagen woman uh, but
0: <laughs> yeah and that, uh, that's kind of um, wasn't there a reason there was there was a, a COVID reason why we didn't go last week wasn't there wasn't, wasn't it I like think I, a contact or something
1: i I don't remember remember. something in our lives just got all screwed up and we decided that yeah we didn't even post on social media or nothing we just didn't make an episode last week so if you were waiting for that we're sorry about that but i I don't remember something got screwed up with us last week but i think we're kind of getting we're getting back on track now so we'll be all
0: right what's also like uh pretty good about like having the two weeks is spending a little bit more time with these albums because it's like some of the you know we're doing um Spoiler alert! We're doing Morbid Angel. Uh, uh, fuck, I'm spacing, boys. Uh, Altars of Madness and uh, Deicide, Deicide, tonight. Uh, but it was it was kind of cool for me to spend uh, an extra week with these albums because I wasn't so so familiar, you know.
1: Oh, totally. Like, and I'll even own it now. Like, you know, I know being one of the hosts of this podcast, but like, there's so much music that I just don't know about. And, you know, I've said it a million times, like, Mm -hmm. that's why I want to do this with you guys is I need to get more exposure to different types of music and, and I need to learn, you know, I'm kind of on a path of learning along the way. And, you know, this is music I've never even listened to before. So Mm -hmm. like, this is, this was a totally brand new uh, listen for me. So this was all a first intake for me. And, you know, I, I listened to both albums a few times because, yeah, it's just I wanted to really kind of understand what was going on, and I did a lot of like research online about like the style of music and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was it was good prep, and I'm glad that we did it. So hat tip to Josh on this one because I really dug the um, I really dug the the bands in this battle this week. So I'm really looking forward to diving into it for sure. So you're welcome.
0: We got a loaded show, so we got some news topics, then we got our our favorite three uh, thrash albums, which we we each of us kind of did a little bit something different, but we'll explain it when we get there. And then we have the Morbid Angel versus Uh, uh, Deicide, uh Yeah, and that's what we wanted to do. Battle. We kind of wanted to bring that element of
1: thrash metal to the podcast to tie into the battle, because of course these bands are thrash metal, death metal. Uh, so we kind of wanted to bring another element of that that subgenre to the to the pod. So yeah, we each made a our top three lists of. Of thrash albums that we're going to discuss um we're really looking forward to getting to that point but for starters um today you're going to listen this will be published on friday but we're recording on thursday so what you know the day before but today ghost the, the uh the highly uh what's the right word i don't want to say controversial that's the wrong word for it but
0: well you hate them so that's the that's well, <laughs> the word
1: well I was put so ghost <laughs> dropped a new single uh called my little sunshine and we've uh through the through a group text today the three of us have had some some uh some interesting discussion on it so we didn't want to you know we wanted to bring some of that to the pod and, and discuss the new song so uh i'll let the little mark talk about it first so josh <laughs> Josh, sitting there Joshua. with his
0: little ghost shirt on and shit
1: <laughs> josh what yeah. what Tell us what you thought of, of uh, this new single that dropped today.
2: Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, uh, you know, very well done. I thought it was very reminiscent of maybe uh, previous albums like Meliora or Infestissimum. I think that Brooks is being way too hard on this band right now because I guess <laughs> they left a bad taste in his mouth from like Dance Macabre and the whole Prakel album. But if you listen to this song, man, the riffs are killer, the solo, while the solo is very like reminiscent of nearly every ghost solo that I've heard Ever um, made. yeah, I mean it's very it just could be the, like their tone and everything. but yeah, man, I, I think the song is very well put together. I think it's um, it brings back the essence of like classic ghosts from the first few uh maybe not the first album but definitely like uh infest system and uh meliora i thought it was i thought it was great i thought it was a solid track um definitely not their best one but i thought it was a good teaser for maybe what's to come on the new album which i think comes out in march
0: yeah i'm kind yeah. of like in the middle of you guys uh uh, uh sorry to interrupt you Brooksy. i'm kind of like in the middle i i think it's okay like i i listened to it twice um i think it's pretty solid like i don't know like I don't, I don't really like love it, love it or hate it or anything like that. I'm looking forward to their new album though. That's kind of like my thoughts as of this time though. Like I, I dug it. it. It it could get catchy after a little a little while.
1: Yeah, and that's that's kind of my thing with it. It's just like I haven't listening to it. Like the first time I heard it, I was like, Jesus Christ, here we go again. <sighs> like I've just been so. What is like, it I've about just, it though? I'm curious. So like what is it so, about it? You think. Uh, like, it just feels like so, like such a downer song. Like, it just... like Feels it's, beta? Yeah, <laughs> beta. Like, I don't know if I'd go that far, but it's just like... <laughs> uh. And the thing is, I can't... I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to the lyrics. Like, I literally listened to it, like, twice while I was giving my daughter a bath. So, like, I, you know, it wasn't, like, a deep listen, but, like, it just felt, like, very... Like, I was just, it didn't feel very, like, heavy. Like, it could have used, it just felt, like, very pop-rocky to me. And it,
0: Are they getting too caught up in the ballady side of things? Yeah, like, it just, doing?
1: and even, like, the riffs, like, they did throw element, like, they did throw some riffs in there. But, like, even the riffs seemed, like, on the, on the weaker side. Like, it sounded fine, but, like, I just didn't, like, none of it. Made me go, oh man, I'm so excited that they made this because this is like, I know that this new album is going to be awesome. Like, it the song made me say, okay, you know, this is definitely better than the other stuff they've led with in the last three years or whatever. Like, it's better than like the Hunter's Moon and the Dance with yeah. Cobbs and the well, Hunter's Moon's on the album. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, I
0: did, I did see that. But, I, I like it a lot better surprising. than Hunter's Moon.
1: Yeah, and like the uh, Mariana Cross and all that stuff, like, this is at least this is at least better than all that. So it's like, I can see, like what Josh said about, like, it could have, like, you probably could have put this on Meliora, like, I I do agree with that. It's just that I would have I think they could have, maybe I expected a little more, whether that's fair or not, out of a first single from a new album, but this I'm not, like, totally turned off to their new music, like I'll at least still be interested in hearing the album. Like when I heard the others, like the Dance macabre and the Mariana Carl, I was like, I don't even want to listen to that fucking album. But at yeah. least with this, I'm like, I'm at least interested <laughs> and hopeful that they can bring me back in. So that's kind of where I stand. But like even right now, after listening to a couple times, I'm still just like, meh. It's just very meh to me. I, like I'm not excited. I will,
2: say, I will say, after a few listens, it does get a little bit boring. Um that is one thing like I, I do enjoy I've enjoyed every ghost album thus far um uh, you guys give me a lot of crap for that, but who cares um I will say that there there are some parts in their albums where it becomes like I guess boring is just the word that I should use like some songs are just boring um more boring than others I guess but, hunter's moon to me was just boring like i did not like that song at all it's a bummer it's on the album i just wish they would have left it off and left it on the halloween soundtrack and agreed i don't know man like that song was boring and that that's kind of like musically it feels like they've uh and i guess i'm not a professional musician so just judging from my ear there's a lot of stuff that just kind of seems similar to other songs um I I don't know how else to explain it, but like when you hear it's kind of like when you hear ACDC, you know it's an A C D C song right before they even start singing, you know what I mean? They mm-hmm. found their own sound. Um, and maybe and that's to just their what credit, it is. like
1: that's not a bad thing either, that they yeah. can't have that unique sound. But it's like I'm, I'm sorry I ne- I I interrupted no, you there, ahead. but like I know, yeah, like you said, it is cool that they have that unique sound, and this is very much their sound, but like I, I just it, they just keep going on this like ballad-y, like you can definitely tell like they want to be and they're and they definitely are growing into being like an arena band. so they need to have a sound that can do that. but I've yeah, I ever like, that I know yeah, I know, but it's like I feel like they're sacrificing a lot of what made people like them in 2015 yeah. and stuff as well. and that sound is the sound that I want to see come back. And if they can do, if they can bring some of that into this new album, then I'll be back on board. But I'm, I'm kind of in the, I need to, I need to see it first.
2: You know, it's a bummer, man. Like, we saw Ghost at the Egyptian Room, and that was like the perfect setting for a ghost show. Yeah. That was legit like one one of my favorite shows. Like, that, there's just something that, like, When you're at like an Egyptian room or something like that, like there's an eerie feeling with like the fog, like the fog fills up the entire like venue. It feels like, and the lights, it's all dark, and like you don't feel like you're 200 yards from the stage. Like we're never gonna get that from Ghost again, so we should all kind of look back and cherish that memory. But like,
1: yeah, man, I'm not gonna go to a ghost show in an arena. Like no. And, And for those who you know, I don't you know, not everybody that listens to us lives in indianapolis but for those who don't know the egyptian room is a venue where um like we saw them when they were kind of on the come up and this is a venue where they you can fit maybe 1500 people is that about is uh, probably that some, more than that? maybe about 2000 let's say yeah but it's basically it's basically, it's, it's basically a standing room only venue uh it's, with you know, some high risers some high risers yeah. and it's just a very like very old-fashioned kind of room and just dark and it was a great setting for them and because you know like like josh said just dark smoky lights it was just it was a it was a great setup for them and that was that will always be my favorite ghost show was that first one we went to um, Yeah, yeah so anyway
2: there's just something about the aura of that band that feels like it was made for intimate venues you know what i mean like it's like a haunted house like when you go through a haunted house like it's just kind of fun because like you feel like you're a part of the show and mm-hmm. with ghosts like when you were kind of in that smaller venue and like there's this whole theatrical thing going on you felt like you were a part of the show in a way but i don't know how you're gonna feel part of the show in the nosebleeds of like barclays center or something yeah
1: yeah man i i definitely will always cherish those shows man like those were awesome but but
2: good for them for getting
1: their money sure uh, hell yeah man I mean hey if you ever like, you
2: do any it. band like
1: <laughs> the goal is to be as big as you can so good for them hell oh, yeah I tell you what though they, they definitely uh, popped off and got big really fast like if you would have told me in 2015 that this is where they would be six seven years later I would have been like I mean that I probably would be like that'd be cool but I don't see it you know but it's crazy this is gonna be their 13th year as a band I think holy cow
0: that is pretty crazy.
1: Wow, oh. and they're definitely not going anywhere either so oh. there will definitely be a lot of ghosts in our future that's for sure but yeah well uh, regardless to say it we have a new single and in March as Josh said uh, yeah I'll I'll hold you to that because I don't remember what I read earlier so it sounds like in March I think March a new ghost yeah. album so we're talking two months from now we'll probably be having a a, a discussion on the new ghost album I'm sure um and it's called Emperor?
0: Yeah, I
2: believe That sounds so. about
1: right. That sounds about right. If I'm so, pronouncing that correctly. Hey, you're, you're, you're the ghost guy here. We'll take your word for it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but all their stuff's like in Latin sometimes. I don't even know if that's Latin. <laughs> yeah, no
1: shit. It's like a, oh, it's like, it's like a spell from the exorcist. Well, let me see what that is.
0: What is it? I'm looking it up. Hold on. What, Empira? Yeah, is it Empira?
2: Empira? It's probably uh, a, yeah, it's probably, yeah, emperor. I'm assuming it's, it means divide.
1: Wait, hold on.
0: Divide fan base.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, I've never heard anything more true. <laughs> oh, God. It is
2: Latin. And from what I'm seeing, maybe this is wrong, but it means <laughs> divide and rule okay we'll go with that or prove i'm seeing things that say prevail i don't know man i don't know latin yeah he
0: he said he came up with the name of the record uh this is on Loudwire because he got a book called the rule of empires so he wanted to make a record about the rise and the falls of empires
2: what is, oh. does anybody, has anybody read? Where "Call Me Little Sunshine" <laughs> came from?
0: Where does that fit in? Where does that <laughs> yeah. fit in with the rise and the fall? Is that the fall? It
2: comes out March 11th, by the way. So I was 11 days off. But uh "Call Me Little Sunshine," I'll have to look more into that. I, who knows? But there sure has tour. a devilish meaning behind it.
0: Yeah, they're on tour with Volbeat. I think it wraps up uh Oh, I
2: bet that's such a killer show. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Now who's the hater? <laughs> wow. Uh No, it's uh yeah. I know they f- mentioned Mephistopheles.
1: Mephistop- Mephistop- is it Mephistopheles? or is as oh, per- Ghost f- is Ghost is going to be on Jimmy Kimmel tonight. No kidding? Yeah.
0: Uh, we g- also oh, we good. got the um we got the full album art and track listing. So, do you guys want to hear the track listing? Yeah, Yeah, I saw it
2: earlier, but go ahead and read it. 12 songs.
0: Yeah, Imperium, Kyserian, Spillways, Call Me Little Sunshine. (laughs) 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 Hunter's Moon, Watcher in the Sky, Dominion, 20s, Darkness at the Heart of My Love. That that ought to be a banger. Griftwood, Bite of Passage, and Respite on Spatial Fields. Spitzle. Spittle, yeah,
1: (laughs) I know. Reading cover looks like an Iron Maiden album from like ninety four. I gotta, I gotta find it again.
0: Yeah, Spittle Field.
1: Oh wow, it kind of does. It does look cool though. I'll give them that. Yeah, that album works pretty cool. Yeah. All right, I think we should probably wrap up the ghost talk for now. (laughs) What do you think? Sure. Well, so let's. So we'll put a bow on ghost for now we'll look forward to the, the new album in, in a couple months so I think where we should go now is before we get into our our battle our thrashed death metal battle we should talk about our um, top three thrash metal albums so this is this is an exercise that Travis challenged us to to do for this uh, podcast so all, each of us uh, made our list of our three Uh, favorite or best I think we all kind of took our own interpretation and approach to the list so I think as we get started everybody can kind of explain how they built their list because I don't think any of us built like a truly objective these are the best three thrash metal thrash albums ever because at least speaking for myself I don't know enough of history and all the albums ever made to make a truly objective best ever list. So that would just feel uh, very poser ish. (laughs) And so I'm my list is more the best of what I know. So that's kind of where I'm at with my list. And I'll just go ahead and lead into it if you guys don't mind.
2: Yeah, just start Um, with
1: your three. You want me just to do all my three? Yeah, we'll, go,
2: we'll go and order like three, three, three. Uh, you know, okay. Oh, I, I,
1: I thought you said when you said give me your three, I thought you meant like list all three. No, give me number once. three
2: on your list. Yeah, first. that's yeah. what I
1: was going to do. So what I will do is uh, my number three album is 2017's Nightmare Logic from the band Power Trip. Uh, you know, this is a band that. So, this is a band I got introduced to a, b- a couple years ago, and I've and this was the album uh, that did it. But this is an, yeah, this is an album that I've always since I first heard it have kind of gone back to um, when I'm just kind of in that mood for some good speed metal. And a uh, couple highlight tracks on there are Soul Sacrifice, and uh, probably the biggest track, the most known or popular track on the song it's called executioner's tax swing of the x and that's the one that you kind of i kind of always go back to it's just got a killer like a uh, killer riff with like a great hook it's very for being a thrash metal song like it's very catchy too and that's what kind of uh ma- that's a song that made me fall in love with this album and uh Yeah. And, and, you know, surprisingly, a very new, a a more recent album that is on the list of uh, the top three. But hey, so be it. That's what I know. That's what I love. And I think it's a fantastic album. And I think objectively it stands up. So that is my number three.
0: (laughs) I hate on fucking Loudwire because I was looking up like Power Trip, like and, you know, it was like interview with the band and their future. And I hate how it like plays audio, like from the fucking Web page i like, oh, like,
1: sh- like auto plays, yeah, dude. I'm like, like don't tell fuck? me I want to listen to whatever fucking b- video you got embedded here.
0: Yeah, was- <laughs> I'm like watching porn over here while you're doing your list. <laughs> 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 All right, Heath,
1: spider porn,
0: <laughs> Heath. You want to start with your number three, Bon Jovi, slippery when wet?
2: Yeah, so number three is uh, <laughs> Bon Jovi, slippery when wet. Uh, Wanted dead or alive means a lot to me. Um, <laughs> no, just kidding. So, my number three is creator. Pl- let me pl- it's creator pleasure to kill, but let me preface this by saying that I challenged myself to not go with any of the big four just mm. because I thought it would be more fun. Obviously, and I'm like Master of Puppets would be on here or Rust in Peace, but I'm going a little bit, uh, a little bit deeper into this because i just thought it'd be more fun and i feel like i've said everything i need to say about metallica in just six months we've been doing this podcast but um yeah so number three for me is pleasure to kill by creator uh from 1986 um killer album man it's heavy it's very there's a lot of influence um when it came to like you know the death metal aspects of it um you know there's a obviously elements of thrash metal um you have to think that this is really reminiscent of i guess if i had to compare it for people that haven't heard creator travis you helped me out on this too would you explain it to people because there's like the, the satan themes and everything it's yeah, a more death metal version of, I guess, Slayer, <laughs> maybe. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. It's kind of like a, a. Yeah, it's kind of like it. it kind of reminds me of like, uh, like, like you just said, a death metal kind of thrash band is what I, what I would, like, kind yeah. of say that they are. Um, much more the vocals are very uh,
2: death metal ish, um, just like loud screeches and everything. But I would say that pleasure to kill is a classic thrash album um creator doesn't get talked enough about when you discuss the uh most influential bands from the 80s and the thrash you know genre Mm
0: -hmm.
2: um you know just a lot of people will tell you like creator as a whole like influence bands like cannibal corpse um you know a lot of those death metal bands that came out of Florida too in the uh late eighties, nineties hinting at, you know, the bands we'll get to later, uh, such as Morbid Angel and Deicide. Uh, yeah, man, Creator had a big influence on them, a big influence probably on the whole death metal scene and anybody who came up in death metal, like the whole thrash scene as a whole did, but um yeah, I, I, I just think that this is a great album and brooks i'd like to hear your thoughts on it after you listen to it down the road but yeah i think that it's a must listen for anybody that's interested in thrash that hasn't heard it
0: i think that's like um the the most well said as far as like influential is that it's it's kind of a, it borders in between that area of thrash metal it it kind of helps connect the thrash and the death metal yeah is um another killer record by them is coma of souls right um, that's another good one yeah that's another they got a few there you know the mid 80s to early 90s that are pretty killer uh yeah very strong number three um my number three and i kind of um my number three slot is where the big four are out And my number three slot was the one that I was kind of playing with as far as like, uh, I know Brooks said that we all had uh, our own little way of putting this together. But my number three is Exodus is Bonded by Blood from 1985. Uh, This one is, uh, I I actually read something about, because we're talking about black metal tonight and our death metal tonight. And um, it actually said that, that the drummer from Dark Throne uh, used to listen to this record when he was doing all like the fucked up stuff, you know, and, uh and illegal activities, and felt under threat. He would have bonded by blood on his Walkman to keep his blood up <laughs> in case he got attacked. <laughs> oh my, but that's kind of <laughs> that's the kind of record this is, though, man. It's like it's one of the best um thrash, and you could take this list also as like not not necessarily. That's why I love to I do this list because it's best thrash album. So you could argue, like, even though, you know, A Ride to Lightning is probably a superior album, this is the superior thrash album, in my opinion, you know? But yeah, Bonded by Blood and Then There Were None is a killer fucking uh, riff, man. Like, the, the start of that song is fucking so heavy and so killer and just the type of song that you want on a thrash record. Uh, strike of the Beast, Deliver Us to Evil. Um, a pretty funny story. I actually went to Karma and bought this on CD because uh, I support CDs like Eddie Trunk. And um, <laughs> <laughs> the the dude, up, the dude up front was like, uh, I'm pissed off that they changed the cover though. He was like, uh, they used to have like two twins uh, conjoined on the front. It was killer. <laughs> and I went and looked <laughs> it up and it is fucking killer. I'm like, God, why did they change that? But uh, you know, they wanted uh people not to be horrified, I guess, or something. But I read that they changed it in nineteen eighty nine or that it was replaced. Uh, but yeah, it's like two twins can join and it's supposed to represent good and evil. But just the thrash it that you wanna like this is the kind of album that you wanna mow the lawn to. And it's like you're just like kind (laughs) of fuck that lawn, dude. And you're just kinda like rolling (laughs) around. But also another interesting thing is that Kirk Hammett, uh, as you know, was in Exodus from 79 to 83. And uh, when Mustaine was kicked out of Megadeth, or when Mustaine was kicked out of Metallica in 83, Kirk Hammett, of course, joins Metallica, um, which I think is kind of cool how all these things ending can kind of give rise to new beginnings and make metal better. Like, it's like, you know, uh, Mustaine getting kicked out of Megadeth, of course, rise to, or kicked out of Metallica, rise to Megadeth. You know, arguably the second of the big four. But uh, yeah, my number three, Exodus, Bonded by Blood. Dude.
1: And my number two, moving right along, is is very much a uh, you know, it's not going to surprise anybody that this is on my list, uh, especially since I said, hey, look, you know, not there's not going to be any deep cuts going on here. But my number two is the legendary legendary rain in blood album by slayer so that is you know i know you guys said you tried to avoid some of the more most popular stuff on purpose um and that's fine but with me i just said listen i'm gonna take for the most part what i think is truly best and uh not only is this you know probably mm. one of the best thrash thrash metal albums there is uh, maybe just when you're talking heavy metal in general, is probably one of the better records ever made. You might be on the Mount Rushmore if you were ever to make one. Um, I mean, anybody that that is a metal fan knows Slayer, at at least to some degree. And this should be like the go-to album if there is a go-to album for Slayer. Angel of Death, Piece by Piece, altar of Sacrifice. And the fact that they put Raining Blood at the end of the album, I'll never, like, I'll never understand. But I also love that they end the album with my favorite, like, the best, in my opinion, the best song they've ever made. Um, So, so, yeah, I mean, I don't really think there's a whole lot to say. I mean, you know, everybody knows Slayer for the most part. But um, that's, that's my number two. Who's next? I forgot what order we went in. It's Isn't me. Josh?
0: For Josh's number two, it's Tiffany. I think we're alone.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um, So we're going with Sepultura, Beneath the Remains at number two for me. Um, Released in 1989, this album, kind of similar to uh, Creator is, you can tell that this would have influence on the death metal scene. Obviously, um, if you go and you look at the producer and the production, um, you know, the producer Scott Burns had previously worked with, you know, Obituary, Death, um, and even Morbid Angel, who we'll talk about later. Um, Yeah, you can just really hear the influence of what was to come in the 90s um, with the death metal scene on this album. And it's also just a, a peak and a pivotal thrash metal album too um the intro to this album is just so like hypnotic and creepy uh, it's pretty inc- pretty incredible uh, the title track is actually the opening track beneath the remains but yeah man even songs like uh you know stronger than hate uh lobotomy uh hungry like it's all just you know such a killer record and such an influential record and I know Sepultura is a pretty big band but I also think that in some regards the casual like metal fan often overlooks Sepultura or they might turn to an album like uh, Roots um uh, instead but that 80s like very thrash influenced Sepultura is just like a legendary man and I would recommend it to anybody
0: another another great record by them as far as like thrash goes I would consider as a rise man right uh, it's just a killer um and I got into them a couple years ago uh with you know um, chaos ad and stuff like that I think was my entry of course you know the the big album from 93 but yeah man this uh this cover is also very very killer taken from um, Charles L grant's uh tales from the night side which is a horror. Right horror paperback so i was like that's how beneath the remains came on my radar but yeah inner self is like such a killer song too In that on that album man i love that pick by the way yeah this this oh, is a good number two by the way right on man all right so my number two right brooksy yep. you have any thoughts yes. on that album
1: uh honestly like what josh said i was just like i almost wanted to chime in but i didn't want to interrupt him he was like, Oh, yeah, like the metal fans, it's easy to overlook this band. And I was gonna be like, guilty. Like, I haven't really <laughs> dug into that very much. So it's just you know, add it to the list of things I need to dig into. All right, bud. Really exposing myself tonight <laughs> on shit. I don't know.
0: Getting exposed.
1: <laughs> I am exposed, big fucking poser.
0: All right. So what's my number two, Heath? What do you think?
1: Your number two, I'm gonna go ahead and guess it is. He's like, checks, text, uh, messages. No? Among the living.
0: <laughs> no. Number two, Peace Cells. From Megan. <laughs> so this album is from 86, by the way. So 1986 was like, you could do this list. Killer ear. Albums from 1986. Right. <laughs> With Raining Blood, Master of Puppets, fucking uh, Pleasure, Pleasure to, the to kill. kill. Like... <laughs> Uh, Somewhere in Time was out that year as well, I believe. Uh, Yeah, Megadeth Peace Sells. This is like an angry kid who is pissed off, uh, punky, a very punky record at times uh, with the title track Peace Sells, one of my favorite songs of all time. Uh, This album and the way that I made my list, I went this over Rust in Peace because like this is legit my favorite of their records. Like I I love this album. There's just something about it. Like I don't know. It, it's just like the cover art and the. By the way, we didn't mention that the thrash albums all had killer cover art too. Like, what the fuck is up yes. with that? Like, I would have bought all these records just based on the like, <laughs> like the pleasure of the kill. Heath has a, an awesome fucking cover art. Yeah, um, it's like a barbarian like standing up on this hill and shit.
1: You know what like, we should do one day is we should all go to the record store. And just buy something that we have no idea what it is, but just because it has cool album art and to just dude, see I what that it is. All the
0: time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Josh is like, yeah, dude, that's like every Friday.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is legit my favorite Megadeth uh album. Um, I think it's 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 just complete anger. Like I said, Wake Up Dead, the Conjuring, Peace Cells, uh, number three. Uh, Devil's Island has killer killer guitar um and bad omen just an eerie sounding haunting fucking guitar punky album um thrash metal at its finest man but yeah my number two piece sells.
1: So.
0: excellent good, choice.
1: good sir it couldn't be a thrash metal list without you putting megadeth on it that's for sure it had it was one of the things that had to happen
0: and rust in peace is kind of the easy one too because it's like you, I mean, you could argue that Rust and Peace should be like number one on on. I mean, that is like a fucking like master class of a record, like like kind of like you said with Rain and Blood. It's like, you know, Rust and Peace belongs like a. It, it, it's probably in the the top three of like everybody's. You know.
2: Yeah, and I see. Did you know waiting. that uh, the Conjuring on a uh, piece sells includes like real spells that uh does it really Dave Mustaine says like he regrets putting in the song because they're dangerous <laughs> oh god <laughs> I just know
0: I just know that I <laughs> did he really say that
2: <laughs> yeah he. they're like real Jesus. spells he
0: said I just yeah, know that real. I, I just know that when I went to work today I went what do you mean I can't get to work on time I got nothing better to do <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean I can't be president of the United States
0: America <laughs> yeah, but he's think, just so girl? bitchy and snotty and like he's just so angry on this record man I love it that's great great one
1: all right so moving into our number ones um and this is this is the one if you know if you know my music taste at all this is yeah just here comes the Travis eye roll it's right here to comes
0: happen. uh here comes load
1: yeah damn it you, how'd you know no not only not only my favorite thrash metal album but my favorite album period end of story and it's Master of Puppets by Metallica so enter the Joshua Sturgeon sponsored Metallica Minute beginning now <laughs> I haven't <laughs> listened
0: to that record what are they a new band
1: yeah I, I, I think they came out in uh, 2019 I think yeah <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I won't belabor the point uh, anymore. But this is eight songs, fifty-four minutes of perfection. Uh, battery, Master of Puppets, the thing that should not be. Welcome home, Sanitarium, loaded with just absolute classic hits from Metallica. My You're just talking about multi damage ink. Oh, dude, I just didn't want to read the whole track list. Right. But yes, Damage Incorporated is amazing. It's it is it's truly a perfect album. It's the favorite damage thing. Damage Incorporated. My favorite album ever, and um, that's all there is to it. And I won't insult our audience's intelligence by talking about Metallica anymore. You either know it or you don't. And if you don't, well, that's your fucking problem.
0: Unfuck so. that immediately. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, so that's why all are you podcast. listening to this podcast? Exactly. <laughs> if I have to explain Metallica to you, then you need, yeah, I don't know. We need to have like a, a seminar or something. <laughs> yep. So, so Heath, give us the. Uh, give us your number one deep cut thrash album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. didn't,
0: I, I'll be honest, before you even read it, I didn't get this one. I dig the record, but I'm like, he's being a little cute there. Oh, <laughs> no. So yeah. number one for me, we're going to go ahead
2: and go with... Well, Travis, do you just want to introduce it or something like that? You've already uh-huh. uh, gave people a drum roll. Sir. Yeah. It's Metallica's Ride the Lightning. He's already given people like a negative thought about my number one. It's Celtic Frost, Morbid Tales. Um, There's not much else to say about this album except that it has very thrash metal aspects to it. Uh, It's probably more on the extreme metal side, but it's definitely thrash influence and had a big impact on the like the black metal movement that would soon to like you know uprise in like Norway and you know bands like mayhem um, emperor stuff like that um, but this was such a pivotal album for the extreme metal genre and it's just a killer record man it's it's probably the beginning of what i would say was, I guess, bringing extreme metal, like I guess a death metal-ish sound to like the forefront. Maybe maybe it didn't, I don't know. I guess the only way to say is it was so influential for many of those bands. And most of the records I have in my top three right now were influential to the death metal scene and the black metal scene in the 90s. But uh, Morbid Tales by Celtic Frost, like if you look up any band um, from the genres I just mentioned, nine times out of ten they'll list Celtic Frost as a uh, influence so a very important band to the extreme metal movement and the extreme metal scene Um, yeah not much else to say about Celtic Frost other than yeah they were really pioneers along with like Venom and uh, you know Merciful Fate bands like that King Diamond uh, that had a really big impact on the whole theatrics of the devil and music and Uh, Stuff like that, all the cool stuff that uh, everybody gravitated to back in the 80s and 90s when they thought a lot of these bands were uh, legitimately satanic. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, great record. I'm sure a lot of people have heard it. But if you haven't, definitely give it a listen. Um, There's a lot of history behind that band. So go for it.
0: Yeah, like coming, bringing the extra Satan with the uh, with the uh, in nineteen eighty four uh, Morbid Angel or not Morbid Angel, uh, fucking what was the band? He Celtic Frost. Sorry, yeah. I had Morbid Angel on the mind. <laughs> <laughs> All the CTE, the hits to the head. No, um, uh, so an- another record like from eighty five, which is a year later, like uh, that I would compare it to is uh, Possess Seven Churches um but yeah man it, that is a killer record like i i know i uh i took a shot at you but um <laughs> into the crypts of rays dethrone emperor is my favorite song on that album um yeah it also has a dance macabre macabre yeah that's what i was gonna say too where <laughs> 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 it <laughs> sounds like he's fucking like the first 40 seconds of the song i don't know is he dying or fucking
2: i'm gonna guess dying <laughs> but uh why not both yeah they they were also like (laughs) they use corpse paint um which as you know like the whole you know bands like mayhem and then like dead mayhem kind of took it to a next level and really brought that into the scene but yeah one of the uh first bands to actually use corpse paint and like that i guess death kind of look um to them so
0: Love all right. it. So I think it's my my time for number 1. He finished you what My number is Travis is
2: number 1 if I know him well enough is anthrax is among the living.
0: Yes, that's right from 1987 I think the best thrash album of all time. Uh Scott Ian, Charlie Benante, uh, Joey Belladonna. I think what sets this one apart from like other groups and I know they're one of the big 4 but it's like a it and this excuse me but this is an eddie trunk uh ism but it is true though like uh belladonna has like a legit range in his voice that like uh because he used to cover like journey and shit before he joined anthrax but it's like a a weird like kind of punky it it, it adds like a punky vibe to uh the thrash metal band that is anthrax but just this trackless man among the living which is like a roll your eyes into the back of your head, like killer opening to a record. Called in a mosh, I am the law, which is based on Judge Dredd. Uh NFL, Indians, uh yeah. dude, imitation of life is how it ends. It's like Jesus, man. Um, but yeah, this is uh this is one of my absolute favorite albums of all time, and I think one of the it kind of alludes back to the point that I made earlier about like not necessarily the best record, but the best thrash record, and I think this is like the best thrash record of all time, man. Among the living, classic. I like it, gentlemen. Good,
1: very good list for sure, and that w- that was a good exercise to do for sure. I, I really dug it. But and dude, everything Anthrax puts out, especially here in the last few
2: years, classic.
0: Yeah, yeah, their their newer worship music, is classic, killer, man. one of
2: the best metal albums of the last fifteen years. Honestly, I haven't listened to their new stuff.
0: I was thinking dude. about we need to put either Anthrax's newest record, like Worship Music, against like uh, one of Metallica's newer ones, or Oof, one of blows
2: that. it out of the water, bud.
0: That'd be killer, dude. Like, like the, the battle's versus. already
2: over. <laughs> yeah, dude. Worship like, music is insane
0: like Christ illusion versus worship music or something like that would be interesting
1: yeah all right good thoughts on that so with no further ado we have to we do have to get to the main event at some point as DSide and morbid angel will now enter the guillotine for this week's battle Josh can you uh, Can you give us the rundown of the Deicide album before we get into the battle? Yeah, so Deicide, self-titled
2: record, Deicide, came out on June 25th, 1990, uh, hailing from Tampa, Florida, home of the death metal genre, at least here in the United States. Um, Yeah, it's (laughs) a very uh, (laughs) devil-oriented record. (laughs) to put it lightly uh, as you can clearly hear on songs like lunatic of God's creation. um, You know, pretty much every song on here is somehow (laughs) influenced by the devil. So uh, yeah, we have lunatics of God's creation, sacrificial suicide, oblivious to evil, dead by dawn, blessed I guess is how you pronounce it. Deicide carnage in the temple of the damned, mephistopheles day of darkness and crucifixation um so this was released it looks like on road runner records um it's a very critically acclaimed death metal album and from what i read up until 2003 it was argued to be the best-selling death metal album of all time um up until it was knocked off by Morbid Angel's Covenant, apparently. But there's rumors that since there wasn't really SoundScan, which kind of tracked album sales, um, some people do think that it still is the best-selling death metal album of all time. Um, The lead singer Glenn Benton uh, said there were no effects used on his vocals while recording the album. Um, Let's see. Yeah, you can just really... The riffs on this album, especially, are (sighs) legendary, and they're riffs that get stuck in your head. Um, You know how, like, you're humming a song to yourself. Like, it's it's a death metal album, but the riffs get stuck in your head because they're just that catchy. You know, in hindsight, looking back, it was obvious that Glenn Benton was putting on a uh, a show. And kind of was like the uh, original troll in the death metal scene because he acted like he was a straight up Satanist when he in reality wasn't and pretty much on the atheist side of things and doesn't believe in anything. But uh, yeah, if we also want to get into <laughs> the fact that he branded an upside down cross on his <laughs> forehead numerous times throughout his life. <laughs> um, and he used to call in to like uh Christian radio shows and would act like he was possessed and stuff like that. So that's killer. <laughs> that's <so> awesome. <laughs> uh, a lot of their album covers are pretty uh, blasphemous and um, yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen them, just Google them. They're pretty blasphemous and pretty uh, gruesome. So pretty much all you need to know about deicide in the first record uh
1: not much else to say that's killer man so so morbid angel Ultra of madness um released in 1989 so one year before deicide morbid angel also based out of tampa florida so not only do we have a, a band slash album battle we have a battle of tampa tampa florida here um so this, this is kind of an interesting band. Like, like uh, Josh mentioned, uh, the lead singer of DSI, interesting character, several upside-down cross brands on his head. So the lead singer of uh, Morbid Angel, uh, stage name Trey Zagthoff, uh real name George Emanuel, was, who's also the, the sole remaining original member of the band, uh, in 2004, uh, Decibel Magazine rated him as the best death metal guitarist of all time. So that's kind of where we're, where we're sitting with this band, just right out of the, sh- right out of the gate uh, in terms of how critics see the band. Um, another critic in 89 said that this Altars of Madness album was the blueprint for death metal as we know it today. So this, we're talking about two seriously influential uh, bands, two influential albums in the death metal scene. Um, another thing that kind of separated Morbid Angel from the lot uh, in the late 80s into the early 90s was, was their drummer, Pete Sandoval, who really started to master and um, feature uh, the double kick drumming, uh, double, uh, also known as the double bass drum. Um, this was, this, this technique of drumming be, really became a staple in, in an in influence in death metal from that, uh, from that period forward and, um, moving into the future, Dave Lombardo from Slayer 10, you know, obviously very much influenced by that style of drumming now tends to be regarded as one of the modern day's best, uh, double bass players. So who knows? Without without Pete Spandivall in uh, Morbid Angel, we might you know who knows what how that could have influenced or changed what Slayer was doing too. Um, so to give kind of a few highlights, I, I won't go through the whole track list, but from Alter of Madness. But uh, I I think for me some of the some of the more highlight tracks are um, starting at the top of the album Immortal Rights and Suffocation, um, Chapel of Ghouls and uh and bleed for the double are some good tracks um so yeah that's that is a little uh brief summary of morbid angel and also madness before we get into the battle so i'm gonna i'm gonna v- nominate travis to kick things off today since josh and i gave some background we'll let travis take the turn on the mic and lead us off with the battle and and who you who you cast your vote for
0: okay so i'm glad that you nominated me first because i i probably have the less of the less strong opinion of anybody of the three here uh this isn't an angel dust uh versus i i can't even remember the name of the other album but anyway um this isn't that kind of battle for me um but i'm gonna have to go with and i'm gonna need a little help here heath or 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 brooks whoever wants to help me uh i'm going with morbid angels altars of madness uh, I'm not sure why, but I was attracted and drawn into the altars of madness, uh, more than, uh, than with the aside. And, and I was familiar with that record, um, more so their 1995 record once upon a cross, which has a fucked up cover as Heath was, uh, <laughs> talking about, it's just like a bloodied, uh, sheet over a corpse, um. Like I said, I'm not sure why I was drawn into it, and I'm not really an expert on death metal or anything, but I felt like that uh, Morbid Angel had some more of that traditional death metal sound, uh, like kind of like a Dark Throne, like Heath, Heath introduced me to Dark Throne earlier this year, kind of garage-y sounding at times, traditional death metal, um, and D was killer. But I wasn't really a fan of the vocals at all times. Um, I think that's, I think that his uh, his comment about effects on the vocals that there were no effects, I think, is BS. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, uh...
1: yeah, that's yeah, they, for sure.
0: Yeah, there were definitely he sounded like a straight up fucking. And I know there was um, references to Evil Dead and stuff, the Dead by Dawn on that record. But I wrote down, literally, he sounded like a dead-eyed at times. And I (laughs) he he really did, though. And that's not, like, saying anything bad about it. And I do like that that band. But I think, like, as far as... uh, It's just the vocals on this were a little bit... um, It was just more alluring to me, man. And I'm not sure even why. Uh, I read about how uh, David Vincent, known as Evil D, and Trey, like, uh, looked over the Necronomicon... And like, uh, was influenced by a cult text from H.P. Lovecraft and stuff with writing this record. But, like, yeah, it's just like there's just something about it. And you can't always explain all the time, like, what draws you into music, but just something about this record, like, kept me going back to it. And it was like, like, like you guys mentioned, Immortal Rights and Maze of Torment, Visions from the Dark Side. Uh, my absolute favorite track on this record is Chapel of Ghouls. Uh, that's a great song dude that song is that song. fucking awesome man but yeah it's like it's it's almost like i don't have a strong opinion but it's like it just something about the morbid angel record just kept me coming back even the cover art is like that whole like the disc of trapped souls on the record i think is just very killer and it just kept me coming back man but that's that's uh that's my pick for tonight i dig it
1: i dig it uh Heath, you you do you want to go next you do want me to go Uh, I'll go ahead and go. I think I went last last time. Okay, you Um, go for it, Travis. I
2: know what you're saying. Like, the production on that album is just so thick and like heavy, and it's just such a punishing record. Like, just the sound of that record as a whole and the way it's produced is so killer, man. Like, that's the only way I know how to describe it is like, it's so heavy and it's so like clear and concise in a way like if that makes sense like yeah. everything just sounds perfectly recorded um i'm not a music producer so i don't know the ins and outs of and the technicalities of what i'm saying but just something is very like alluring to the ears with that album so i know what you're saying and like it, the way it starts off with like the the backmasking of like yeah. the uh, yeah. uh the song it's just really cool. It's very but, simple,
0: uh, right? It's just like yeah. a it's a very simple take on the So it's is an that entertaining
1: your vote album, to... for sure? Are you a are you a Morbid Angel voter in this case too? No, I'm going with DSide,
2: DSide. Um that album is dude. DSide's self-titled release is an album that when i listen to it i just get angry and i'm just <laughs> like i grind my teeth down to just stumps while i listen to it <laughs> like that whole album like when dead by Dong kicks in yeah bud come on i love the vocals on this record i kind of mentioned this when i was introducing them earlier The riffs are so catchy that I'll be doing stuff around my apartment throughout the day, humming some of the riffs to myself while I, like, walk around the house. It's, like, a pop song, but it's, you know what I mean? It's just so catchy. (laughs) And, uh, like, songs like, you know, Dead by Dawn. uh, Brooks and I, Brooks, we talked about that when you were like, dude, that song. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And even, like, Lunatic of God's Creation, uh, the yeah. song, you know, Deicide. Um,
0: Sacrificial Suicide.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Carnage in the Temple of the Damned. Crucifixation. Like, this whole album... And the album artwork looks like something that's like, was in The Exorcist. And, uh... <laughs> it's just a killer record, man. It's... The whole, like... <laughs> lore behind glenn benton is also pretty funny too um how he just like blatantly just trolled everybody and like what was the name of that guy that had that radio show uh art bell used to always have him on he was like a religious guy and he had to, uh, i can't remember his name but like glenn benton would call into the show and like uh the guy would be like do you are you possessed and glenn benton was like i am <laughs> and he, it was like <laughs> someone calling into like art bell it was just, like, so fun. Uh, That's but yeah, man, Deicide's De- I love both of those records. And Travis, what he said about Altars of Madness was spot on. These are both classics, and, in my opinion, 10 out of 10s. Um, but Deicide is just, like, for some reason, when I listen to that album, I just, like, feel I can, like, punch through a concrete wall or run through a concrete wall. Um, like, if you're getting ready to go work out, I would suggest putting on DSI's self-titled record. Um, And you'll probably hit your max each time. So yeah, man, it's both of these records. They give me chills when I listen to them. So like, I can't, I know I can't go wrong, but if I had to pick
0: DSI. Nice. I like it.
1: Okay. So I am going to finish the battle by making side the deciding uh, fe- uh winner today um
0: was that and- a dad joke there
1: <laughs> no god no aside decide side no, no, no. decide no that was pure coincidence i swear um but yeah like i you know i th- i know like when we talked about doing different bands and battles it was like okay we'll try to make the battle a little more heated and a little more kind of controversial but like this doing this battle kind of is like trying to pick your favorite child kind of thing because uh, i think both of these albums are amazing just like you two did but for me like the thing about like death metal and thrash metal is like you know just like talking about thrash you're gonna have the speed you're gonna have the, the really fast riffs you're gonna have heavy drums like that's all just part of it and then death metal like you know a lot of it is a lot of the themes are always like religion-based Satan, Satan and 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 the like. So, you know, to, to go and break down lyrics and themes, of, it feels like, for me, kind of like a waste of time. So that's not really a differentiator for me. But Heath already alluded to it. Um, like, the, the song D- Dead by Dawn on the Deicide album literally gives me chills when I listen to it. Like, I know, Travis, you mentioned before that uh, they claim that there was no vocal alteration on this yeah. album. And like, that's complete bullshit. Like, I'm sorry, there's no yeah. way. Cause I even read stuff that they use something called, uh, I believe it's a pitch shifter or pitch. I think it's called pitch shifter. Um, but that I think is, you know, cause especially about dead by dawn and it's not isolated to this song, but there are just moments where he sounds like an actual like creature.
0: Like, yeah. like
1: like like a scowling creature like just like unearthing himself from something and it just sounds so damn creepy and scary almost and you know you put that like growling creature in the middle of a song and like it just it it throws you and you're like holy shit and it just adds to the it just like to me it just adds something that you know you're not expecting you're not used to seeing Mm -hmm. in this type of music in like thrash metal and for me, like th- those, those unique elements are kind of what gave it that extra little bit to make me choose this album for uh, over the other one. Because, like he mentioned too, like more it, like the Alters of Sacrifice album is incredibly well produced. Like the the vocals are great, um, the musicality is phenomenal. But I think that I think that Deicide gives you just that little more that kind of differ. that kind of sets them sets them on another level um and that's why i chose them so with that um we have uh, we have our battle winner today we thank you guys for joining us and you know follow us on social media guillotine pm on facebook and twitter um instagram guillotine underscore press one and we will see you guys next week thanks for joining us <laughs>